Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's nice to welcome um, this young man to the pulpit again. As you will know, um, our pastor and his wife are away, and lots of other people are away because it's half term, but we're so glad that you're here. And um, I've just been asked to pray because, you know, we know the Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word that can be delivered today can change your life. It has changed our lives, and it continues to change our lives. And so I'm just going to pray for Matt. What an honor and privilege it is to, to serve God and to be able to just preach and to deliver his word. So, Lord, we thank you for Mike. Lord, we thank you for this week, the, the hours and uh, times he's spent in your word. And we pray right now, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, that you, Lord Jesus, will just help him and guide him. That it won't be a chore that he'll know the words to say. We thank you, Father, for gifting. And we thank you for your wonderful word. And we pray for your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. It's uh, good to be with you all again. Um, so we're going to carry on this morning with um, this idea of uh, kingdom culture that Adrian's been speaking on for a little while. And uh, this morning he'd asked if I'd speak on power for kingdom culture or kingdom life. Um, I've kind of retitled this a little bit from riches to rags, which is a little bit of a backward statement, I guess. You know, everyone's today is striving to go from rags to riches as often as we possibly can. Um, but hopefully you'll kind of see by the end of uh, this morning and my thoughts, where are we kind of going with this? Um, so my, my first thoughts when, when asked to speak was power. What, what does that word mean for us today? What, what is power? Well, the dictionary um, definition of power, or, or one of the, the many that was there, I kind of like this one the best, was the capacity or ability to influence the behavior of others or the course of events. That in itself is quite, it's quite a, bold, a bold statement, you know, the, the capacity or ability to influence the behavior of others or the course of events. So I started to think about who, who, who is powerful, who, who in this life, who in, um, you know, in our, in our culture, in our world is, is powerful. Uh, the first place I go whenever asking things like this is my family because they're, they're close by. Uh, my, if you ask my wife, she would say it's, it's people like, that are in, in power. So, so the queen, although she doesn't, I don't know if she has that much power, but uh, she looks powerful in her crown and all, all her fine attire. Uh, you know, there's the prime minister, there's the, the president of America, and there's the, there's the battles that are going on there to become the next president, you know, striving for power. Uh, the celebrities, you only have to look at um, the magazines, you know, that are on the, the, the newsagent shelf or whether you're even more technologically up to date than that and you get it delivered direct to your iPad, there is a celebrity on the front. And generally they, they look fantastic. They've been airbrushed beyond belief and they look powerful and they look wonderful and magnificent. Um, if you were to ask my children in the house who is powerful, they definitely wouldn't say mummy and daddy. You know, uh, it is a power struggle in our house sometimes. I would say that probably 48% of the time, me and Emma are in charge. Um, it's, it sometimes swings the other way, but not very often. Um, if you were to ask my son, who is powerful, and, and, and the ideas of power, he would say, well, that's easy, Daddy. Dinosaurs are powerful. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my boy loves dinosaurs. He would tell you that Batman 
is powerful. He would tell you that Captain America and the Hulk and Spider-Man, they are powerful. And he would be able to tell you their superpowers and what makes them a powerful being or person. And um, there is a guy that is related to Spider-Man, Uncle Ben, not to be mistaken with the Uncle Ben on the packets of rice. Um, This is Spider-Man's Uncle Ben. And um, when it comes to speaking of power, I thought he quite profoundly said once, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. Now, what does that mean for you and me today? What does this idea of, of power, and particularly power in, in kingdom life and kingdom culture, um, it, it's one of these things that can get all sorts of things flowing. And I, I know I, I kind of sat when I was trying to, to prepare for this and, and was thinking about um, where, where power comes from for, 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 for you and I and through, through God and, and the Bible and, and praying and reading his word and all that sort of stuff. And... Um, the, the idea of royalty sprang to mind. And I, I've, um, over the last I don't know, few years, I guess, I've, I've heard um, certain people say you know, the, the, that we are royalty, that we, when we're born into the kingdom of heaven, we become royalty. And I kind of get very excited about that idea. But I also get quite nervous about it, particularly when I hear some people talk about it. It almost... I've heard it said, and um, it, it kind of makes me a bit uncomfortable when, you know, it kind of comes across that we are above everybody else. And, and I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that idea. Yes, we are born into the kingdom of heaven, but this idea that we are better than everybody else because we are in that group, it, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. And it's one of these things that maybe I've got to deal with, but it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and that's probably a bit of a contradiction from where I'm supposed to be at. But, um, you know, this, um, it, it, it can come across that we can be a bit pompous in our, in our Christianity sometimes, maybe, that we, we, we kind of hold our heads a bit too high. And we're so busy trying to look at the end of our own nose um, you know, looking for our own self-importance in Christ, that it becomes as if nobody else exists. And, and that, for me, is a bit of a worry. And like I said, I know it's a bit of an abstract statement, maybe, but um, as Christians, people who are following Jesus, we are given both power and responsibility. You know, when, when Jesus went back to, to glory, he, he left us both with power and responsibility. We're just going to look at quick two... Um, short passages very quickly. And the first one is John 14, uh, verse 15 to 17. I hope you follow me along with this. So it's lots of ideas and things that are kind of (laughs) heaped together a little bit, but hopefully we'll be able to make a bit of sense out of all this this morning. And this passage says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And there Jesus is talking about the one to come. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the one that when we give our lives to God, although Jesus isn't physically with us on earth anymore, his Holy Spirit is with us now and it dwells within us. 
So the power of God comes to live within us. I I, I love this. There's a little refrain on a Hillsong album somewhere. um, It says, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. And that's exciting. I don't know about you, but that, that... it's encouraging, it's, it's exciting, it, you know, it's, it's fascinating that that, that that even happens. The same power that conquered the grave lives within us and within you. Um, but this also leaves great responsibility. The last thing that happened before Jesus ascended back to heaven, um, he, he talked to, to his followers. And it says in Matthew 28... 18 to 20. This is called the Great Commission. I ought to recall it the Great Responsibility almost as well. Then Jesus came to, uh, to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So we've been given great power, but we've also been given great responsibility. That, that, that has been given to me and you, and that, I find, is actually quite frightening. You know, we're, we're quite, quite quick to take the power. We're quite quick to say, yes, God, you know, more of you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. But when we do that, there is responsibility to, to do something with that power. And this is what Jesus gives us to do. This is what he leaves us with, to go into all the world, into all nations, teach him, tell others about him, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples, quite simply. Now, there is a huge clash of power, I find. Um, there's, there's almost a massive problem with um, when, when earthly power and godly power meet. Earthly power, as I said earlier, it's, it can be quite self, self-focused. It's uh, very much the, the kind of the, the look at me, you know, see my wealth and my possessions, how famous I am, you know, what I've done with my life and how successful I am, um, and, and, and how can I achieve more, you know, how can I remain even more influential than I already am, you know, because of what I am and who I am. And in complete contrast to this, we have a God who tells us, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. You know, for I've got that in hand. And I want you to view everybody. That's everybody else. Even if not, especially those that we don't like. um, Or, you know, particularly care for with the love that we would wish to receive. And that's, that's, that's a very different world from, from the one that, that is, is plastered all over the television and the magazines. It is a big contrast. It is a huge contrast. And it's a conflict of worlds, the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven. And it's a massive challenge for, for you and I this morning. And it's where we need to shift our thinking from the kingdom of self to the kingdom of heaven. There's um, a book that I... I started reading. I'm usually very good at finishing books. I haven't finished this one yet, but um, a book called The Divine Conspiracy. And there's uh, the author, Dallas Willard. He, he shares this rather cool little story, um, almost like a modern day parable, if you will. It says, recently a pilot was practicing high-speed maneuvers in a jet fighter 
She turned the controls for what she thought was a steep ascent and flew straight into the ground. She was unaware that she had been flying upside down. This is a parable of human existence in our times. Not exactly that everyone is crashing, though there is enough of that, but most of us as individuals and world society as a whole live at high speed and often with no clue whether we are flying upside down or right side up. There's, there's a big challenge in that. Where, where is our focus? You know, where is our perspective? Are we living so fast and so busy that we, we don't actually know anymore whether we're upside down or downside up? Or, you know, are we, are we like that jet fighter that, you know, we think, right, we need to take a break. Let's pull up. Oh, no, I've just hit the ground. You know, that's, that's going to be quite painful, quite sore, you know, when that happens. And it's, and it's hard because, I know as, as Adrian shared over, over the weeks, we, we are a society in a world that have nearly everything on demand. You know, we've got next day delivery. And don't get me wrong, I will never give up my Amazon Prime subscription. It is one of my favorite things. I like the fact that I can get uh, the kids' Christmas presents the next day. You know, um, should that need to happen, it probably will. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's there. You know, we can have everything on credit. We can get everything that we want now, today, when we want it, you know, almost instantly. There is um, a funny little thing going on with Amazon. I don't know if any of you have seen this, but I keep getting, because I've subscribed to them, they keep battering me with emails about um, two-hour delivery now. If you want to get fresh produce, uh, so your, your veg or your weekly shop, they're pretty much guaranteeing that if you live within a certain radius of one of their hubs, they will deliver your groceries to your door within two hours. And one of my favorite things, which they've started to do with Amazon in the States, is they've made a panic button. Now, this, this might sound a bit odd, but it sounds fantastic, and I do want one at some point. Now, these panic buttons come in brand names. So things like Pringles, Coca-Cola, Mars bars. And what it is, is a little device about so big, okay, about, you know, sort of a bit larger than two pence, I guess. And you, it's magnetic. You stick it to your fridge or whatever's metal and, and whatnot. And when you go to the cupboard and think, Pringles, there are no Pringles, you hit your panic button and they deliver to you. It's incredible <laughs> that they are trying this. Um, and like I say, I've got a long list of all these panic buttons that I'm going to have attached to the front of my fridge. But that is the way the world is going, you know, it is the way that the world is. And it's exciting and frightening all at the same time. You know, but with this, the, the, there is a demand on me and you as well. The, the world demands so much of people. It demands your time. It demands your money. You know, and sometimes even your dignity. You know, we, we don't know whether we're coming or going sometimes. You know, the bills flow through the door. Yes, you can have all of this today and right now. But we want your life for it. You know, we want all your money, all your income and all of that. And, and you do feel like you're being exploited and almost like you're becoming a slave to, to your possessions. You know, it's, it's quite frightening. And this, this is not kingdom culture. I don't even think it should be our culture. I don't think that should be how it works on the earth. But what can we do? How in this world can we move and live in power of kingdom life and kingdom culture. So I'm going to sort of throw out three suggestions. It's, it's not a definitive list, but maybe some things that can help us with the way that we can approach our lives. And there are three things that, that have definitely challenged me and continue to challenge me and that I'm very much still striving for. But I believe if we, we can start to hammer these into our own lives, then they'll have some 
amazing, huge, profound effects. And uh, first of all, we're going to, we're doing a bit of Bible hopping, so you'll have to bear with me a little bit. Um, But we're going to look at 2 Chronicles 7.14, and it says this. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So the first thing we're going to look at is the power of being humble. Um, I was very challenged this week um, by my, my six-year-old. We, um, we had parents' evening. I went into to the school and uh, sat in one of those miniature chairs, which was about the right height for me. And, um, you know, I could, uh, the, the teacher was still looking down on me, but um, I felt, felt all right in that chair. And we, we got talking about how, how well Lace is doing at school. And it was, you know, it's one of these things that makes you feel very, very proud. We, we talked about a, a maths and English and all of that sort of stuff. And um, the teacher kind of went on from those things, which were, you know, she's been very well out with very proud parents and, and, and whatnot. But um, she, she then took time to say that, she was very proud of Lacey because she is always the person to help out in the class at the end. When everything's a mess, she's the first one there to go and help tidy away. You know, she's not, she's not wanting to dive out the door and, you know, do everything else with all the other kids, all the fun things. You know, she's, she's very, very quick to be there. And she, one of the things that almost brought me to tears was um, that she said if she sees another child in distress in a class, um, you know, they're crying or they're very upset, She's straight over to them to, to, to check that they're all right. You know, the teacher said, she said she puts others first. And, and the teacher said, you know, have you got any questions? So I was going, no. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was really moved by this. It, and it was a big challenge for me because I just thought, well, I don't do that like, very often at all. You know, it's, uh, I'm a guy. If somebody's crying, you just, uh, <laughs> you know, what do I do? Um, but this, this was amazing. Um, she's, she's got this ability to be very humble and put everybody else before her. And, and like I say, it made, made us very proud. In this verse, it talks about humbling yourself. And please note, God isn't going to do that for you. It says humble yourselves. Knock yourself down a peg or two. And this is one of those things that I believe is going to result in a huge shift in our perspective from the kingdom of of life and earth to the kingdom of heaven. It can be a change from looking, you know, around with your head held high and your chest puffed out and all that and looking at your lofty goals and where you want to be and what you want to do to a more downwards gaze and noticing that actually there are other people that are around us. There are other people in this world besides you and I. It's about accepting a lowly position and, you know, and not becoming offended when those around us are honoured, when we feel that maybe we should be. That's a, that's a big challenge for me, you know, it, it really is. Proverbs 25, verse 6 and 7 says, Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, and do not claim a place among his great men. It's better for him to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. It's about taking the lowly position. It's about putting others first. You know, along with that, I think we can apply this to, our, to ourselves, um, particularly those of us, I guess, that are, that are working or in a position of uh, being under authority. It's about actively submitting to authority, which I think is definitely something that our culture today, it doesn't value it. 
rather, it, you know, our culture provokes individualism. It's about me. It's about what I can achieve, about where I can go. How purposely and actively can, you know, do we work on submission to those who God has placed in authority in our lives? You know, that can be quite hard, especially when you don't particularly like the person in charge. And you maybe think, well, I don't think that God should have put them in charge. It's a challenge. It's a big challenge. But the fact is, they are in charge. And we're called maybe to, to humble ourselves and, and to submit to that. And I know that's uncomfortable. I know that it's not one of those words that we particularly like using today. But it's, it's something about being humble. It's about choosing to serve others. In Matthew 23, verse 11, Jesus says, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then in Mark 10, uh, verse 45, says, For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, uh, to be served, sorry, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, when we serve others, we're serving God's purpose in their lives. And doing so, it reduces the focus on ourselves and it builds up the kingdom of God. Because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. It's powerful and it's something that will not only change an atmosphere, but it's changing other people's lives around us. It's going to have huge effects. You know, and this is something of kingdom culture. It's, it's something of power for kingdom culture. And it's something that Jesus himself did. So the power of being humble. Uh, moving on, we're going to look at our next power, I guess, as it were. And um, in Mark eleven twenty five, it says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So we've got the power of being humble, and we're going to look at the power of forgiveness. And I think, I believe that this is probably one of the, the greatest and most powerful acts of humility that we can do. It's also probably one of the hardest as well, or I've certainly found that. You know, when it comes to that point where we're acknowledging that wrong has been done to us, but then releasing any right that we feel that we have um, for a payment of, you know, the wrong done to us. You know, it's not insisting on our own way and our own justice. It's a denial to self. And that is powerful, It's completely the opposite to the way that most of us think, you know, the old eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, where there's a blame, there's a claim. If we can put the blame on somebody else, you know, we don't have to forgive them, we'll just take all their cash. You know, and there are plenty of companies out there that will throw that at you as well. You know, we live in an easy-to-sue culture. You know, I, I get that all the time at work. I think I'm hoping people are joking when they sit down in your chair and you say, what are we doing with your hair today? And there you go, if you get this wrong, I'm going to sue you. And you go, ha, 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 ha. And I'm thinking, yeah, you probably will. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that easy nowadays. And that's frightening. That, I find that really, really frightening. That it's that easy to, you know, to, to push that wrong and to say, you got it wrong and I'm going to take you for everything that you've got. Rather than say, do you know what, don't worry about it. I'd be pretty miffed probably if somebody bodged my hair up, but <laughs> you know, I'd like to feel that I could forgive them. Um, but, it's, but there it is, it's the power of forgiveness. It's that power of putting somebody else that has wronged you before yourself. And that is very, very hard. I'm not going to say that's easy because it's, it's not. It's really, really not. 
It's definitely one of the hardest things to do, but easily one of the most powerful and liberating things that can happen when you're on the receiving end of that. When you know that you've done wrong and somebody forgives you, it's, it's freeing, it's freedom, it's so liberating. You know, and I think to, to, to turn this to the kingdom of heaven, just think of how much God has forgiven us. And by his grace, he freely forgives us. That makes me feel joyful. It makes me feel liberated. And it makes me thankful. And again, Jesus leads us in that example. He forgives, he forgives, and he forgives. It's powerful stuff. It's powerful, powerful stuff. And our third thing that we're going to quickly look at this morning um, comes from Matthew 22, 37 through to 40, I think. Um, It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on to these two commandments. So the power of being humble, the power of forgiveness, and the power of love. Frankie Goes Hollywood did a good version of that. Um, you see, this is one of the most powerful things, you know, I think that, is, uh, that has ever been preached about, talked about, and it's pretty self-explanatory as well. So I'm not going to dive too far into this one, um, particularly because I think it's, it's pretty black and white. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on to these two commandments. You see, if you get that right, you're not going to get much else wrong. Um, and and that's, that's kind of it. I think it's very straightforward. Love others as you want to be loved. Put them first, you know, just as you'd like to maybe be, be doing well. The power of love. Like I say, this is, this is by no means like a definitive list, um, but I do think that by putting those things into, into practice in our lives and our, our, our world, our, our place here on the earth, that we will see a shift from the kingdom of self and the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God. This is the kind of action and, and living example that is powerful. And you know what? It's contagious as well. And it's changing it's the kind of kingdom culture that Jesus himself lived out and he taught and he teaches us to do also so that we can carry out that great responsibility, that great commission that he left us with. It's putting that power into good use to see his glory and his kingdom established on the earth as it is in heaven. You see, there, there, there are no easy ways to live by, um, and they require us to, to fully rely on God's Holy Spirit. He's given us the power. He's given us the ability to, to go out and do those things through him. Uh, I, I really like um, the, um, Psalm 121. Um, it says this, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our strength is found in him. Our strength is found in him. He's, 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 he's with us. His Holy Spirit is within us. How comforting and reassuring for us that the all-powerful God, he's with us and he's for us. He calls us to be a people set apart, a people who are in the world, but not of it. A people who not only set the example, but live that example 
and teach and proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior, it's living out the Great Commission. It's living that out, and it's powerful. Um, I remember reading, I don't, know, I don't know who wrote this, but I remember once reading um, that to be a Christian is to be part of the upside-down kingdom. But, um, you know, thinking about that story with the jet fighter, really, I, th- I think, you know what, we've got that wrong. We think that becoming a Christian is to live upside-down from the world. Do you know what? It's not. We are called to be set apart. We are called to turn everything the right way up. God didn't get it wrong and said, oh, no, you know, we, we need to turn this upside down. You see, his kingdom, it's really the only kingdom that has ever been the right way around. He's got it right. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And he had it right from the start. It wasn't until mankind messed it up that we tipped it upside down and have forever been proclaiming that he's got it the other way around. You know, we need to shift it. it, it it's, not, it's not that way at all. Um, there's an album came out by one of my favorite artists um, lately, Mr. David Crowder. There he is in all his glory, in all his bearded glory. I've got beard envy whenever I see that picture. Um, but he, he wrote a song called Back to the Garden. And uh, this, this song, Back to the Garden, I, I, I love it. It sings, I was born to be royal. I was made to be free. But I was torn from the garden when that devil lied to me. And then he sings, take me back take me back. He's, you know, this, this song, it's a, it's a great song. Go home, listen to it if you can. Um, it's the whole thing about turning everything right back on its head. You know, we were born to be royal, but we got it wrong. And like I said earlier, you know, that line, I was born to be royal, at first it made me uncomfortable when I, when I listened to the song because it, it did make me think of those kind of, that, the, the riches and the pomp of royalty that we've kind of put on that today. And then I got to think about the king that I follow King Jesus that I follow, my king that was born in a barn, my king who was poor, you know, my king who mixed with people who were considered too low in society to mix with, my king who loved the unlovable, who touched the untouchable, and he healed the incurable, and who forgave forgave and forgives the unforgivable, my king who traded all the riches and the majesty of heaven for the rags of a common man. You know, my king who left his rule of love and the greatness of heaven to rule in love and establish his kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven, becoming the servant king and the king of all. And that's where real power lies. It's putting everybody else above yourself. If Jesus did it, how much more? do I need to do that? How much more do I need to do that? Power for kingdom life, it's, it's found in him. It's found in Jesus. It's found in the Holy Spirit. It's found in God the Father. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content, and in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can all, do all of this through him who gives me strength. We have the power to change the world. And it's not by what we can do, it's by what he can do through us. There is power for kingdom life and kingdom culture, you know, and it starts with us living that out. It's realizing that that power, that those things, they don't come from us, they come from God. And we're called to do them.
So I would like to challenge us a little bit this morning. I'm going to finish with this. Is just to to think about what we have and where we are and what we do and you know where we'd want to go, and uh, and maybe trade that up. Maybe tra- trade in those those robes of self righteousness for for the rags that Jesus walked in, you know, and to take up that kingdom power. Father, God, I, I thank you for, God, for coming to live on this earth and to, to set the example, Father God, for what we are to live by. God, I thank you for your power and, and your glory and your majesty and your beauty, Father God. But I thank you that you traded that to come to this earth to serve us and not to be served, Father God. And I pray for each and every one of us, Father God, this morning as we've, we've heard these words, Father God. You know, I pray that, that we too can start to, to live by that example, to put others first, Lord God, to humble ourselves, Father God. Father God, I pray that, that God, where we find it difficult, we can learn to forgive, Father God, others as you forgave us, Lord God, and you continue to forgive us, Father and to see the power that that has in other people's lives, Father God. And I pray that, Father, we can learn to love with the love that you have for us, Father God. To love our neighbor as ourself. Amen. Thank you very, very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. That was a great challenge, and I'm sure we've all been challenged this morning very much on that. And just something we've forgotten, our youth are at the gathering, and we've not prayed yet. So, um, Jess, do you want to come and pray for all the youth that um, are at um, the gathering? That I'm sure they are being blessed, and for Andrew and the others that are there with them. So, can we just do that? Do you want to just stand, stretch your legs, and then uh, bless you all? God, we just bless our um, our young people and our youth, and we just pray as um, as it's coming to a close the weekend. We just um, pray that everything that they've taken in and soaking in will just start to rest and settle in with them, and that this won't be just a weekend that feels good, but it's something that they'll be able to take into their um, the next weeks and months in their colleges and schools, um, and even on their journey on the way home. God, just we just ask for an encounter with you. Um, where they become inspired to to speak of you at school or at college or just to start praying to you and to worship you, God. We just ask for their hearts to be set on fire again for you, God. We just bless them. Amen. 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 Grace, have a great day, all of you.